Okay, I don't know if it takes anybody else as long as me to set up what they are trying to record, uh, especially for a podcast, because I want to film with my camera so that I have it horizontal for YouTube, but I also <clears throat> want it portrait so I can record that on my phone for, you know, TikTok and Instagram and whatnot, but it seems to me that my phone and my camera never want to work at the same time. So yeah, we are just recording horizontal on the phone today, but it's fine because it's a podcast. And if you know, you're just listening to this auditorially, then it's fine. It, the visuals don't even matter. Anyway, how is everybody on this Monday morning, May 8th? Um, I just finished my spring semester of 2023. Um, everything went well so far far I guess or you know as a whole uh I have hospital rotations coming up I'm kind of nervous but I'm excited for those um I've always been in like a community pharmacy setting so yeah it'll be my first time ever in a hospital setting also back to the visuals if you are listening to this podcast slash watching it on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube for that matter. If you're wondering why I have this big old hole in my ceiling, it is because we had the electrician come and they couldn't access the light through our attic, so they had to dig in our ceiling. So there's that. Go ahead and stare at it for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, if you're in school, I'd love to know how your semester went, what you learned, uh, what you have upcoming. Um, so yeah, drop that in the comments and I'd just love to know. But yeah, so you probably know what we're already talking about based on the title of this podcast, Family Dynamic, Blood versus Chosen. And I don't really know why I chose this topic for this week. Um, it's just been not a heavy topic, but something like my sister and I have been like talking about a lot about, you know, our family and how we grew up and like how we see like our future family and how we want to raise our kids if we have any um I have a bonus son so luckily again I didn't physically have to have kids but um I can step in and out of a parent role (laughs) uh, when it allows me to um we're on our fourth cup of coffee today um I don't even know what time it is it is 310 so I think I think that's pretty good four cups by three o'clock isn't bad at all but anyways back to the subject of the matter um but yeah it's just been a, a topic we've been talking about a lot so I figured why not we talk about it with everybody else so before we get started in this deep discussion if you will um I want to like preface the episode and say like my sister and I are great. Our family is doing fine and well. We're all healthy living. This isn't like a creating problem kind of thing. Um, This is just, you know, my observations and whatnot of my life. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Family isn't like just a noun To me, it could be an adjective, kind of like describing the group of people that you surround yourself with. Um, 
it's basically, again, a group of people connected by relation, birth, or a matter of circumstances. Um, Family can also mean, like, I don't know, the unconditional love you have for certain people, despite their shortcomings. There's just so many synonymous words out there that kind of, like, embody family, I guess. Um, You know, depending on how you describe it or define family um clan tribe ohana kin blood all of those things are bound by emotions and values and goals and responsibilities that you guys all share um so yeah like the concept of family is kind of like an umbrella to me i guess in a way um like you consider the people that are part of your family those that are like standing under the umbrella and then anybody like outside is like I guess not immediate friends or whatever um maybe distant family um just your immediate umbrella is what I consider like family family (laughs) um they are the people who are going to support you no matter like the conditions, the situation, the circumstance. They're going to be the backbone of your well-being per my definition, if you will. Um, and I think why I keep saying like interpret it as you wish. I think the definition of like family evolves as we age, um, you know, maybe you also agree like I feel like when we're younger all we know is like mommy and daddy and any siblings that you grew up with and that was like the picture of family like if you asked a child to draw like family I guess um maybe they would draw what it what theirs looks like and as you grow up you begin to like consider other people your family like I don't know people on the sports team that you spend a lot of time with or people you work with for a long time I think family is such like a broad term that we like use a lot Um, and it can you know vary from describing bloodlines or just you know people you surround yourself with and as we grow older we realize that family is not this like black and white picture that gets painted in Hallmark movies where it's like a mom, a dad, two kids and a dog and maybe the grandma and grandpa live in the pool house in the back. No. Um I do commend though that newer TV shows and movie makers these days are being inclusive in the different types of families that you see. Uh whether it's, you know, two moms or two dads, a single parent household, blended families, um, you know, your traditional family, um, adoptive families, uh, yeah, um, or, like, families that you create on your own, like, you know, like, those rebel kids that go and create, like, um, you know, a family with their friends, or, you know, those families that are in, like, the zombie apocalypse, and not all of them are blood-related, but they're going through this traumatic experience together, so technically they're family at this point, you know what I mean. But yeah, sometimes I think family, depending on your situation, family is all you have. And then sometimes, depending on your situation, they aren't 
the people you thought you could trust or depend on. Um, and this is where like the intrusive inner thoughts take a ride of their own. Um, of course, everyone's like life is very different. Uh, and I've said it before, you can't compare your life to somebody else's, but we're about to compare our families here. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, um, but I guess I'm going to just kind of deconstruct the idea of family and kind of like figure out what makes a family, how you define your family and stuff like that. That's what we're going to do in the podcast today. <laughs> um, so I asked a few of you, uh, for those of you that are following me, um, on Instagram, what your family was like. <laughs> and I got various responses such as, um, let me look here. Uh, various responses range, ranging from trash to crazy to a big blessing. Um, and it's funny to like see how my friends and the people who have responded, like how their lives are currently and how their lives used to be. Um, and that kind of like gets me to where like, we define our own definition of family. Um, so that's exactly what I mean. So there are all these systems that are created within a family. And I think that these little systems kind of determine whether or not the family is going to thrive or starve. And I don't mean like starve with food. I mean starve in other factors of life, such as like emotionally, financially, um, spiritually, um, and stuff like that. So, um, I think thriving and starving can be like functionality, I guess. Yeah, that's a good one. Functionality. So (laughs) when we get into functionality, my family definitely ran on dysfunction and that's just kind of how it was. Um, I guess I can just throw out examples Uh, and this is where we get into the childhood trauma. Um, (laughs) so yeah, uh, dysfunction, Indian gift giving. I don't know if that's the correct term, so please don't cover me if I'm wrong, but you know, basically where you are gifted a present and then it ends up getting taken back, uh, due to certain reasons or whatnot, not returned to the store, but I just mean like. I bought it. It's mine, not yours. Um, Or, you know, your life is kind of held over your head and you're constantly reminded, like, they they gave their lives up for you and you were born. So don't forget that they gave you a house to live in, some air to breathe. They provide health insurance for you. Um, Even though that's a given when you kind of have children, I feel like people kind of consider that before having children but I don't know um this is a good one (laughs) if you get a job your money is our money but my money is my money um and that's not like I mean it is kind of a personal example but somebody sent me that in the dms and it was kind of funny because I relate um (laughs) So, yeah, we'll get into more about my family in a minute, but let's just 
talk about my boyfriend's family for a second. I admire my boyfriend's family a lot. Uh, hopefully it's okay to talk about them on here. Um, but they are one of my biggest supporters. So maybe they're listening. <laughs> uh, but they're so tight knit. They're so abundant in just love and joy and happiness. And you know, that's just, you know, how I observe it. Uh, we're always together on like happy occasions. Uh, even, you know, when we're all just like chilling at the house though, it's always like a chill time. But yeah, like everybody within their village is all just loved equally and just like not, I don't even know how to describe it, but they're just so like smothered in love. Like I I love it. And my boyfriend has taken me back to his hometown where he was born and, you know, spent the beginning years of his life. And I've also seen where he's grown up later in life and how those things have impacted to who he is today. And how like all of those factors I guess basically melt into like loving his family and loving like how he loves his son uh how he shares his love with me and yeah that's just me (laughs) observing it through external lenses now when I think about my family and my childhood sometimes it's hard to like pick apart and decipher different aspects of my life because you know like Again, I'm experiencing it from like the internal lenses, but this is where we kind of get into it. (laughs) Um, I like to think that my sister and I grew up pretty well off. Uh, We lived in a good sized home uh, in Virginia prior to us moving to Georgia. Um, When we got to Georgia, I think we lived in maybe two apartment, two different apartments, like for short periods of time. Um, and then we quickly like moved into like a brand new suburban neighborhood where like what our house was like one of the first like five houses. Um, and it was like a, I want to say four bedroom, two and a half bath. We're the first owners of the house too. So that's all, always a blessing. Um, it had an unfinished basement, but then we ended up like finishing it and I moved down there my 16th birthday. Uh, my sister got my old room. And I guess basically it ended up becoming a five bedroom. But yeah, um, throughout our childhood, my sister and I grew up in band. We played instruments. Uh, we grew up playing club travel sports. Um, we were privileged enough to have good school systems, you know, just having like good group fr- group of friends. Also, we didn't really stray into doing like bad things however you define bad things, but you know what I mean. Um, I want to say early on, I got a job just again, relating back to that money thing. Um, cause I just, as a kid, I knew I asked for a lot of things and I'm definitely experiencing that right now with my bonus kid. Um, I don't know if I said, can I have this much, but for the people who understand, they know. But yeah, so I wanted a lot of things. Um, I knew that I wouldn't get them because like money is always like a thing with my parents. Um, so I had to go out and earn my own money. So I became a soccer ref because you can ref soccer at any, I don't know how old you have to be, but you can be uh, pretty young um, to do that. Uh, and it's pretty easy. So 
for all you youngins out there who need like a temporary job or soccer refing, that's where the money's at also. Um, but yeah, uh, I know probably you, some of you, probably some of you are like, Wayne, she had to get a job so young. Okay. But no, like this is where it gets spicy. I don't know if any other older sibling went through this and you can drop me a DM or drop a comment letting me know you did. Uh, cause it literally cannot just be me. So basically, um, my sister and I talk about this a lot. We know for a fact that my sister was my mom's favorite child as a kid. And I was my dad's. Um, even though like my dad, like, I guess shared his love equally. Um, but like it showed my mom was definitely favoring my sister. But anyway, um, I don't think I gave my mom like the easiest time. Uh, but we definitely butted heads, uh, until I guess like after their divorce. And now we're like this anyway. Um, so 4-H camp was a huge thing when we were growing up. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys went to 4-H camp, but, or I don't even know if it's still a thing now. Hopefully it is because I feel like it's something that children should experience. Um, and that's so crazy because my bonus son said that he wants to do sleepaway camp. So maybe we'll consider that. Um, I, that just came to thought, but anyway, um, so yeah, 4-H camp, like, huge thing when we were growing up um it's basically like a week where you sleep away at this camp and you do all these outdoorsy activities and make new friends and that's all I can really say about that because I never went but my sister went like two or three times um if you ask me why I was not allowed to go I'm not sure (laughs) but it's fine um but yeah, so moving on to high school, uh, all of that took place in like elementary school because that's when like 4-H camp was offered and stuff. But then comes high school. I'm in foreign language and we have the opportunity to go to Spain. Uh, they went. I did not because, <laughs> again, I wasn't allowed to go. But my follow my sister the following year went to France with her foreign language class hmm and you could probably say I've been stewing on those things for a long time um off and on yes but my sister and I just talked about this the other day and it just I just thought I'd throw it in the podcast because it was relevant but you could say that I was being you know the first child exposing my parents to things that were being offered to kids and they you know were hesitant because they've never like experienced those kind of things but, you know, they maybe they allowed my sister to go because they saw my friends going and it was totally safe for them. But, yeah. <laughs> One second. Please hold. Okay. Had to relubricate the vocal cords there. Um, so here's my theory. Again, I'm the oldest. Um, I came out with a type B personality. So that's like the easygoing, carefree hand kind of like child. Um, I'm very hands-on. Uh, I guess you could describe me as like the bold child. 
Um, and maybe my parents were just super cautious in sending me into the world because I was just had this sense of like impulsivity, I guess. Um, but I'm definitely one of those people that just like goes where the wind takes me. Now, my sister, she's very introverted. She's reserved. She plays it safe. Um, she's the beauty and the brains of the family. Um, she got the good skin, super straight, white teeth, um, good hair, and she just has the ability to excel in like all school subjects. Go her. Uh, she also graduated top of her class. So what did I get? <laughs> what happened to me? What happened to my egg? Anyway, so yeah, I guess with my parents, like, seeing all these types of activities come to light and become more normal when it was my sister's time, I guess they were more open-minded to allowing her to participate. Uh, now, with all of that, um, I recently listened to a few TED Talks um, about family and family dynamics, uh, different types of parenting styles, um, you know, being the oldest versus the youngest, how it molds people into like who they become and obviously like things we experience as a kid kind of contribute to how like we respond to things in childhood um and prior to this podcast of again I had this curiosity of things that like impacted me as a child and who made me who I am today um so upon my research before the podcast uh, I found that there were six types of family dynamics. Um, conflict resolution is one. Um, two, criticism. Three, emotional response. Four, absent caregivers. Five, family secrets. And six, crisis and chaos. Let that soak in just a second. <laughs> Now, um, of course, like none of these tiers of, I guess, family dynamics um, are mutually exclusive. You might feel that your family saturates one more one category more than the other, or you might feel that your family bleeds into all categories. Um, and maybe I should have just disclosed this at the beginning. I am no family therapist or a family psychologist or anyone with a high degree in the subject of family so don't take anything I say to heart or personally or into the real real world uh, I'm just offering some knowledge and wisdom that I have found through the internet and um, maybe it's helpful information to help you continue on making adult decisions um, but yeah um, I am just, you know, a girl living in a small world offering advice to you besties. That's all I have to say about that. Um, so in regards to conflict resolution, we have like high conflict systems, like family systems, where the caregivers are strict and reactive. Um, and there's a guaranteed level of unpredictability as well as verbal, emotional, physical abuse 
an aggression. Maybe a mixture of them, maybe one or more than the other, you know. Um, <clears throat> so when I was reading this, I was thinking, okay, so like my sister and I were definitely not physically abused. We can say that. Cross that off the list. Um, as far as new norms coming to light, we become more aware of the boundaries uh, that we should set for ourselves and the mindset that we want to be in. Um, were there times of verbal and emotional abuse? Maybe. Um, but we're not going to open that can of worms. <laughs> but our traditional Asian parents definitely grew up with like competitiveness and comparison. So my sister and I were always taught to be like the absolute best or be nothing at all. <laughs> there was always pressure to be the better like whatever we were doing and if we weren't progressing or succeeding it they made a, a point to let us know like who was progressing and succeeding and as like a bonus mom I'm put in a position where I can I can't like discipline or anything and I don't want to like step on any toes when it comes to like teaching him something I want to teach him in a certain way but I am definitely um, in the role of a supporter, I can be his biggest cheerleader, whatever he's doing and however he's doing it. I just want to support him 110% because I feel like, yes, we had like, you know, physical support from our parents, but maybe there was a lack of emotional support and validation. So that's where like my sister and I kind of struggle when it comes to adulting, um, knowing like whether or not our life is going the way we planned it and not that like defines us as progressive and successful so I just want like my stepson and or future children to know like whatever they're doing however they're doing it as long as they're trying and doing their best like you're golden I don't know if that was really loud but sorry if I just made that noise and your ear really loud um but continuing on, um, I think all of that kind of leads us into thinking, or me for that matter, uh, thinking like someone else who's on the same path and is like continuing to achieve that success and maybe achieving success sooner um, causes me to, I guess, feel defeated uh, in a way and that I'm very behind because I'm just not in a place where I was expecting to be at this point in time. Um, and I definitely believe that the high conflict environment we grew up in made my sister and I softer in a way where we hate conflict and hate bothering anybody. Um, and we just become smaller and deal with our problems internally. Now, when I say high conflict, I don't want you to think that like we grew up in like this crazy combative environment. Um, by high conflict, I just mean like... I don't know, like, I guess our parents fought a lot. I don't know if that, like, counts. Um, but, yeah, let's just say our parents are better apart than they are together. Uh, but, yeah, let's just say that there's always comparison to those, like, doing better than us. Um, and this kind of, like, goes into the criticism, number two part of like a family dynamic and I'm sure I could go on and on about this tendency um but yeah whatever it is we're trying to achieve there is always that part where our parents maybe your parents can only point out what you're doing incorrectly or if you're like 
following in the footsteps of your parents and they've done it before maybe you're not doing it the way that they did it or achieved it so it's automatically wrong but yeah getting belittled without any open-mindedness on how you're going to achieve your goals uh and not allowing room for the constructive part of the criticism kind of takes a toll i guess on your adult decisions if you will um and i don't know like maybe this is like a part of asian culture um where they show like tough love and tough love is gonna make you stronger and capable of all things difficult i don't know (laughs) Like, not speaking for all Asian ethnicities here, but I definitely know, like, I'm not the only person whose Asian family doesn't show, like, physical affection and stuff like that. Because that just wasn't us. It was fine. <laughs> like, that's just how we grew up. Um, but I was reading more uh, on the criticism part. And I found that criticism develops over achievers, which is kind of interesting. Um, and it makes so much sense, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, it definitely explains why my sister and I are the way we are. Uh, and while, you know, being an overachiever can be a good thing, uh, we have this like willingness to work hard, we're goal driven. It kind of kind of like hurt us in a way where you seek validation or become fragile when we're not successful. I also read that overachievers have like perfectionistic traits And we're more comfortable with like lots and lots and lots of action and chaos and less comfortable with downtime. Definitely also explains like why I can't just chill out and stay inside. Like I always need to be like doing something. But again, like I said, if you know my sister or I, then you will know that these things ring true. Um, But yeah, moving on, we have the emotional response. Um... And I would consider my mom, my sister, and I very, like, animated people when it comes to emotions. Like, laughing hysterically, check. Crying uncontrollably, check. Everyone hates me, check. (laughs) Everyone loves me, also check. Are we psychotic? Maybe. (laughs) But not all the time. Uh, My dad was more, like, the fun parent, I guess, growing up. Um, Always in, like, a happy kind of go lucky kind of way um he didn't really like express like any range of emotions except like when we're like packing up for a car trip or anything um he becomes like uptight uh if he misses a turn on the interstate or like my sister and I were like too loud in the car that caused him to miss a turn like yeah those emotions were expressed in curse words at those times but it's fine um now obviously like the lack of like physical expression of emotion probably like plays a part into who we are today like my boyfriend's family bringing it back full circle um they are huggers um and i guess like that's what you do in puerto rican culture you hug and you kiss when you greet and say goodbye but to me like 
that should be a given anyway in the way I define family and that just wasn't part of our culture and how we grew up so maybe that's why I love it so much they just like love on each other and it's great um and you know what I love about (laughs) my sister and like her boundaries and stuff is she's not afraid to tell somebody how it is or if they've overstepped or if they're just like being like a binky stinky person and me on the other hand I will just absorb what just whatever happened whether it's good or bad and like you just keep on moving and <laughs> so this is where it like kind of applies to my parents um when it comes to like expressing their negative emotions and we get yelled at for nothing uh my sister definitely stood up to my parents um letting them know what was up uh you yelled at me for blinking too loud well you should have thought about that before you had a kid just kidding um but no that's literally how it goes like she will let you know (laughs) you don't make any sense um but yeah thinking about like how it was to watch like my friends relationships were with their parents kind of made me like question like what the heck are is my relation to my parents like something's up um I don't know like why the dynamic is different but hello um and I guess that all kind of like trickles into like where I am in my relationship with my mom and dad now after their divorce um I guess like emotions that were just like withheld between them when they were together was like holding my mom and I back from like having the proper mother-daughter bond um and maybe like it has allowed me to like not codepend on my dad as much and I've also seen like two different perspectives um I've heard like my dad's side of the story and my mom's side of the story and I can pick where I want to stand on this like spectrum if you will um of course I'm in the middle road and don't pick a side but for people also dealing with like later in life divorced parents you guys also understand how weird it is to adapt as an adult in your adult life (laughs) let me know if you're also in that situation um so the next topic is absent caretakers um i had a hard one or a hard one a hard time with this one because my parents were both present basically no one was really physically there more than the other um i've observed different types of parents throughout my lifetime uh per my friends that were like present physically Um, but not like mentally or emotionally invested or there, uh, for their kid. Um, I don't know. Maybe they were just like working a lot or have to put their focus and energy in something else. Um, maybe their mental health was just affecting them because, you know, mental health and like adult stuff like that, you don't really know about it until you know about it. And I don't know if that made sense, but hopefully it did because it makes sense to me. Um, (laughs) but basically like I don't know I just like feel for those types of people with like absent parents because like I had both of my parents so like I just am sorry that you're missing out 
on having like the stability of both parents but maybe your one parent is like strong enough to like you know support you both and I commend your one parent that is present um but basically uh what I read on this situation um people tend to like grow up and rely on human connection when you know they have that absent for them um and they you know depend on relationships for validation and you know although I'm not your parent uh I'm a friend who will be present for you when you need me so yeah drop me a dm or a comment if you will again if you are you know missing something out of your life um um yeah so we're almost at the end (sighs) second to last we have family secrets i don't know about y'all but my parents sure loved to hide some things from us um there were some some many times where my parents would tell me not to tell my sister something or vice versa because they were just like trying to protect us from our feelings or whatever um and I guess it ultimately made us more like upset in the end when we like ended up finding out what it is they were hiding um and which every movie it does anyway so I don't know why like parents want to hide some stuff from their children uh, I know like sometimes you want to like keep them as a child and keep them youthful and naive to like adult things but I also feel like if you expose them to like those stuff earlier on like they'll be better off coping with however they need to or with whatever um but yeah I guess like all of that is just like a sense of betrayal and they like didn't think that we could handle the information or like we didn't really like I guess they also don't know like we already knew what was going on so like even if you are hiding it like your kids are gonna find out so your kids are smarter than you think they are um my parents were also not very good at keeping secrets uh you bet your ass that I ran and told my sister ASAP the minute like one of the other was like don't tell your sister um yeah my sister is my backbone so yeah (laughs) Uh, but let me tell you that like family secrets definitely create like a resenting type of environment. So when you are defining your version of family, think about that. Um, it increases like everyone's anxiety, not just yourself, but everyone around you. Um, it also like kind of marks you like a deep wound and maybe you'll get over it. Maybe you won't. Maybe it'll fester like an infection. Um but there's always going to be the thought of like you hiding something. So just don't do it in the first place. But I also think like hiding stuff gives you a sense of like imposter syndrome and like inauthenticity. Uh, you're left feeling kind of like a fool, honestly. Um, and can't even like piece together. Like what's the truth? Like, are they living the life that they're like presenting to us? Or is there like some other closed doors we don't know about? We just, you don't know. You can only keep your mind turning because you have all of these thoughts um, that are unnecessary due to the family secret. Um, now, lastly, we have chaos and crisis. We have made it this far. Um, after everything that I've read, 
it definitely makes a lot of sense about me and my personality, if you will. So basically those that grow up in like the chaotic environment seem to be like thrill seekers and have like a really strong sense of adventure. And we tend to be more calm in a crisis situation. And you know, maybe that's why I feel like I can work well in a stressful and pharmacy environment. Um, I think there's also like this sort of like solitude seeking tendency where like I can see this through my sister and I, um, as we've grown older, we definitely spend a lot of time trying to like navigate our own lives and try to figure out adulthood on our own without really like going to our parents and saying like, Hey, I'm having a hard time. What do I do? Yeah, I tend to go to my boyfriend's sister and mom. I just feel like, I don't know, with their dynamic, like they're they're also good listeners. So they'll probably give me like good advice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we kind of like retreat to our own household and kind of like figure out our own problems. Uh, I don't know exactly how my parents envisioned their lives with their two children. Um, and I don't know, again, if it's just me, but my parents like to think that they would like they were going to live with us forever. Um, not like support them financially or like feed them or anything like that. Like just physically live in the same house and just live your own life. Not like live as a village. I don't know if that made any sense, but it made sense when I was like writing this podcast and making my notes. But anyway, um, my parents are also very morbid and I guess that kind of falls into like chaotic because like I don't know what stable family like kind of like says this but um they always do stuff like or like say things like okay I guess I'll see you next holiday if I make it to that holiday or okay well I guess I'll just be alone doing this um if I live that long, then maybe you'll see me. Like, my parents are fairly young in age. And obviously, like, in being in pharmacy, I know, like, different risk factors of, like, what contributes to health and different disease states. And, yes, like, I have the terror, terrified feeling that either of my parents will develop um, a disease state that is, like, common in Asian descent or whatnot. But they always talk about dying and I don't know if anybody else's parents always like refer to them as dying and like I don't know if that's just like a form of like guilt trip manipulation um but I can definitely say that that impacts how my sister and I spend time um how we spend our time and who we spend it with basically uh but yeah that was family dynamic we just unpacked a whole lot of shit uh don't you agree (laughs) um I didn't preface this podcast like I did in the past where I've said like this podcast episode is gonna be so good I think after all of that word vomit uh my podcast was well spoken can't even speak I was gonna say the podcast was well spoken but clearly not in that sentence but I don't know if that was your therapy or my therapy or if I still need therapy after this episode. But hopefully there were some takeaways that 
were helpful. Let me know what you thought about this episode in the comments. You can catch me on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and YouTube every Monday. Hopefully, um, you know, now that the spring semester is over, I will be uploading every Monday this summer because I have a light load this summer. And I think I'm going to also like start talking more about my pharmacy journey, um, which will be super helpful for you future pharmacists out there. Um, but as always, don't forget to give this episode a like, subscribe to the podcast, and thanks for listening. Have a great week. Sincerely, Sabrina.